Welcome back to the Alpha Buddha Podcast. This is your host, Sonny Savage. In this episode, we're going to be talking about optimism versus realism. Spoiler alert, it's much better to be an optimist than a realist. Now, let me get into the brass tacks of why that is, because I can hear a lot of you in the comments probably saying, no, 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 you don't understand. Being an optimist, being over positive, it's all bullshit. And if you're not, if you're not being realistic, you're just lying to yourself. And look, I totally understand where you're coming from, but you're really going to want to listen closely to this episode because it has some really interesting data. In addition to that, it also has a study done by Personality and Psychology where they tracked 99 Harvard students, optimists and pessimists, aka realists, sorry, um, and the, the findings were quite compelling. So without further ado, let's dive into it. So first of all, let's, let's dive into why, why do most people in general have a slightly pessimistic leaning. Like, where did that come from? You know, the thing is, it's all based in fear. Fear of the unknown, fear of, of a potential negative future. And believe it or not, that's a really valuable thing to have. I know, like, I sound like I'm contradicting myself here, but just try and bear with me. You see, back in the prehistoric times, when we didn't have all of the the comforts of, you know, modern living and, you know, Google to be able to like search or like what plants and berries are poisonous. And is that sound in the bush, a bunny rabbit or a tiger? Our ancestors who were pessimistic and fearful, those are the ones that survived and were able to continue passing on their genes. But all of the doughy eyed optimists, uh, they became a tiger's lunch. I mean, that's just the reality of it. But here's the problem. We don't live in that society anymore. We are no longer in these prehistoric times where there are very real threats around every corner. But we still have these ancient primitive instincts to try and keep us safe, keep us alive by assessing pretty much everything as a potential threat. And that's the problem is fortune favors the bold. You cannot gain anything unless you put something at risk. And when we play our lives too safe, yes, it does keep us safe, but it also keeps us precisely where we are. And this is where the optimists really start running away with the game is because it's not that they're overly positive and they don't believe that they're going to make mistakes and they don't see the troubles that the rest of us quote-unquote normal people will see. The difference is they truly believe that their future is going to be brighter than their present. And because that belief is so rooted in their minds, as trials come their way, as things don't go according to plan, as they scrape their knee, they are willing to get back up and dust themselves off and keep pushing forward. And this is the problem with being a realist, is when life doesn't go our way, we just look at, look at that as like a confirmation of what we already believe to be true from the beginning. See, there it is. Life is shitting on me again. That's why I don't want to try. That's why I don't want to put in effort because 
there you go. Here's the evidence. The universe hates me, we say, right? But here's the problem. It's not true. The universe doesn't necessarily hate you or is not, and it's not necessarily conspiring to make you win. In general, it's kind of like a sandbox environment where it's more or less neutral based on what I've experienced so far. I could be wrong. I mean, it's possible that the universe conspires against or for us, but I don't know that. But what I have seen is those people who strongly believe that the universe conspires against them, they stay stuck. And those people who strongly believe that the universe conspires to make things happen for them, those people are chronically lucky. So the question that I want to offer to you as you're listening to this is why would you ever want to be right about something that's going to keep you stuck where you are? Just take a moment to let that sink in. Think about that. Why would you want to be right about that? Of course. I mean, in, in all honesty, you probably don't want to be right about that. You probably don't want to be right about the possibility that, you know, change, the change that you're looking for, the transformation that you're looking for in your life is going to be super difficult. You don't want to be right about that. So then the question is, why are you being, quote unquote, realistic about your expectations for the future? Ding, 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 fear. You're afraid of being disappointed. You're afraid of getting your hopes up and then things being stripped away from you. See, this is something that I used to do with myself. I would not try because then I would have this feeling of like, well, if I didn't try, that means I don't know yet if I'm not good enough. You know, like I could at least have that daydream in the back of my mind that if I applied myself, if I tried really hard someday over the rainbow, I would have my golden ticket. I would have my pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. I would have the successful career, the fast car, the big house, the fill in the blank. And then that would keep me kind of pacified where I am in the moment. But here's the thing. That is a really toxic way of thinking because not, not shooting for the basket, right? Not trying to make that three pointer and missing the score is still the same. It's still a zero. You have zero points on the board. If you don't try, and if you do try and fail, the result is still the same. Nothing changes. The difference is with failing, at least you had a chance to win. And another thing that I notice with my realistic clients, right? My the, the clients that are more leaning on the like the realism side, is they say, hey, look, you know. I really, really want to try, but I'm so afraid I'm going to discover in the process of trying to shoot for my dream, to shoot for this goal, I'm afraid I'm going to find out that I'm not good enough. Here's another thing. You got to let go of that idea too. And this might sting a little bit, but just try and bear with me because this is going to sound a little bit better after I finish. The reality is you are most likely not good enough. <laughs> I know that sounds kind of contradictory to the whole optimism viewpoint, but here's the thing. You are not good enough yet. Okay. Yet. That's the missing part yet. See, like nobody goes into the gym the first day they show up at the gym expecting to have 
reach their full athletic potential when they've literally never exercised a day in their life. Nobody goes in there expecting to be able to like bench press like, you know, 350 pounds when they've never, you know, even did one bicep curl. Like no sane person thinks that. So it's really important to let go of this idea that you are intrinsically, inherently good enough or not good enough. You were either going to pass the grade or fail. No. Your current best right now is a shadow of a ghost of your ultimate potential as you continue to keep journeying down this path, as you continue to keep dusting yourself off and trying again and trying again and learning from your mistakes. See, this is the most toxic thing that we learn from school is failure is bad, but failure is not bad. Failure is an opportunity to learn. And that's what we have to reprogram ourselves with is understanding that when we make mistakes, it's a learning opportunity. It's not an evaluation of our value. Okay, I'm going to repeat that. It's not an evaluation of our value when we fail. It just means we've missed the mark. That's it. And and that's the best part about life is you get to try again. You miss the mark. And you're like, okay, that missed the mark. Let me try again. Let me let me adjust my approach a little bit. And then you get a little bit closer the second time around, and then you learn again. Oh, okay, we're getting a little closer. Let's try that again. Let's adjust our approach again. And then you keep learning as you keep trying. And this is the big difference between the optimist and the realist, is the optimist truly believes that they're going to succeed. They're going to have some bumps and scrapes along the way, but they truly believe in their ability to eventually win. The realist is going to sit there and say, hey, this is hard. Life is difficult. I'm probably not going to make it. I might not be good enough, so I don't want to find out. Because that would be really, really, really sad if I found out one day that I'm not good enough to make my dream come true. And it's like, look, you don't have to worry about not being good enough to make your dream come true. Because if you were good enough to make your dream come true, you would already have your dream. It's... It's the, the end part of that statement. I'm not good enough yet. Yet. It will happen. You just have to keep plugging away at it. You just have to keep working at it. Like I said before, nobody goes into the, into the gym expecting to already be at their peak. Because then why are you going to the gym in the first place if, you, if you're already finished? You go there because you want growth. You want improvement. That is the attitude that we need approach we need to approach life with approaching life with this gym mindset, not this slot machine mindset where you pull the lever and you win or you lose. That's, that's the problem. And it's really hard to undo this kind of thinking initially, but the more you lean into this and the more you use your courage to dig deep and say, Hey, look, you know, I messed up so many times already, but I'm not upset about those mistakes because I learned something in the process. I'm getting wiser. I'm learning what not to do. And this is something that you really, really want in your tool belt because 
you don't want to succeed on the first try. Because here's the thing, like, let's say, let's say you tried to do like a business venture and it becomes this roaring success after your first try and you, you didn't even know exactly what you were doing, but you knocked it out of the park the first time and things are going well. And then trouble hits, right? Things don't go according to plan and you never experienced trouble before in your business. What do you do? You're most likely going to get crushed. That's the reality. Like if you didn't struggle in the beginning, if you didn't have any adversity in the beginning and adversity hits, you're screwed. That's why you want to have your struggles like front loaded. You want your struggles to happen in the beginning before you succeeded. So you have this, this confidence, this foundation that you built your house on and knowing, hey, I've done so many things wrong when things don't go wrong, I already know how to get out of this. I've been here before. I've done it before. It's kind of like being teleported at the top of the summit of the mountain without ever climbing from the very bottom. It's like you don't know the way to the top. So if you ever get knocked off the top, good luck finding your way back there. But again, this is, this is going back to what I was saying before. We have to deprogram this programming we got from school of just trying to pass the grade. We're not trying to pass the grade because that's not the way how life works. It's not like a, a binary win or lose. It's a how many times am I willing to try before I give up? That's the ticket. That is what determines the difference between the champions and the losers. The champion and the loser, they have the same goal. The difference is the champions keep pushing and keep striving when the losers have given up a long time before. So now I want to go into a little bit about this study that I read about. About like they did this study over the course of 35 years of 99 Harvard students. And this was published by Personality and Social Psychology. And in this paper, it suggests that the students that had the more optimistic viewpoint or the optimistic outlook on life, as they tracked them over these 35 years, they noticed that they had more fulfilling relationships. They had better jobs with higher income. They were healthier and what this study suggests, and you can check it out, I'll, I'll add the, a link to this study in the show notes, because it's definitely worth taking some time to read it for yourself, is it's not that the optimistic students had an easier time or they were just luckier. It was their outlook that kept them afloat when the realists or the pessimists just saw that confirmation bias of that negative outcome that potential negative future and just gave up. So let me tell you a story. There was two guys that were the, the sole survivors after their ship went down in the Atlantic. And one guy was telling his friend, he's like, Hey, look, we've been out here for two days. Nobody's coming. You know, I'm tired. I, I can't do this anymore. We're, we're done for. Just give up. 
And the second guy, he said, no, 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 don't give up. Don't give up. They're going to find us. They're going to find us. And he just said, no, don't, don't be, don't be an idiot. Don't be, don't be daft. How, how the hell are they going to find us? We're in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. We are smaller than a needle in a haystack by comparison. We have no flares. We have no whistle. We have no lights. We have no nothing. The chances of us being found is pretty damn close to zero. So instead of wasting your energy and trying to be saved, just make peace and let go. And within about a day, the realist, he died. Of what? The other guy wasn't sure. But he just stopped struggling. He gave in. But the second guy, he, he just couldn't give up. He had too much to live for. You know, he was actually, this was his first time out um, on this fishing voyage. They, they were fishing, um, they were on their way to the Arctic Circle. So they weren't in the Arctic waters yet, but they were on their way there when the ship went down. And, you know, his wife was really, really worried about him was really concerned about something bad happening. She just had that like feminine intuition and was begging him not to go. And he just did not want to disappoint her. He didn't want to disappoint her and he didn't want his son to grow up without a father. And he was just with every fiber of his being struggling to stay alive, struggling to stay conscious. And he stayed out there for five days, was barely alive. And the first guy was right. The Coast Guard or whatever rescue service they have for that region of the world didn't find him. But another fishing boat did. <laughs> they found him and they brought him ashore. They brought him on board the ship. And he was in rough shape, but he was still alive. And there's no part of me that doubts that had he have given up, he would not have made it. If he was listening to the realist, the guy who was with him, he would have died a long time ago. But he was able to stay alive for just, just long enough to be rescued. So I would like to offer you that for you to just let that let that sink in and realize it's okay to be optimistic and not just okay it's essential to be optimistic if you really want to break free you have to be like the second fisherman not the first willing to continue to believe and to hope beyond hope, when there is no rational reason to keep hoping. Because it's going to make all the difference. And if you don't believe in me, believe in the studies, believe in the research. 99 Harvard students and the group that was optimistic on all measures of life, they were winning. So I get it. It's scary. But it's important to let go of the fear of things not working out and believe in yourself. 
that you have everything it takes to make it happen, that you're going to fall down and you will have the strength to dust yourself off and keep trying. So that sums up this episode. Thank you so much for listening. This is Sonny Savage with the Alpha Buddha Podcast, and I'll catch you later.